Are you an overwhelmed entrepreneur with endless tasks, emails, and messages? Do you feel your systems are ineffective or you don't have any at all? I get it. You wish you could come up for air and take that well-deserved vacation you've been dreaming of, all without sacrificing the growth or health of your business. I'm hosting a webinar to introduce concepts that you can use to learn more about how to clockwork your business for operational efficiency. The best part? The webinar is at no cost to you. It will be held May 14th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and a recording will be available for those who can't attend live. If you are ready to make a change in your business so you can take a real vacation, go to bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF to enroll. That's bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Biz Help For You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. But there always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here's your host, Candy Messer. Hello and welcome to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the topic of my last episode. And if you missed it and would like to listen to the show, links can be found on my YouTube and Facebook pages, as well as multiple favorite podcast platforms. And if you'd like to receive notifications on when our podcasts have been uploaded, please like and subscribe. Now let's learn a little bit about my guest today. Irina is the founder of Track Mage, a software for e-commerce sellers that helps them track packages. Her journey started from running a fulfillment center in China for two and a half years without speaking Chinese and went to launching a SaaS company completely remotely without external funding and running it successfully to this day. She's also a business and leadership consultant who specializes in operations and processes optimization. As a consultant over the course of the last few years, She's helped over 50 small and large companies to scale and optimize their processes and deliver outstanding results. So Irina, welcome to the show. Thank you for the welcome and this elaborate explanation of what I did. Like (laughs) I was even listening and just curious, like, oh, where is it going to end? Like, is it going (laughs) to Well, it's good to share a little bit of your history, but before I get into any additional questions, you know, that I may have for you on the topic of growth and scaling, I'd love for you to tell us just a little bit about yourself. How did you even develop your software? Yeah. So the development of the software actually started from that Chinese adventure where we went to China without speaking Chinese, without knowing what we were getting into. And we started a fulfillment center there mm-hmm. and there. Like it was very challenging to delegate because we didn't speak the language and we didn't know anybody. So we were relying mainly on us and automation. So it helped that we were software developers. So we just kind of, we created the tools for ourselves. But when the business was no longer profitable and we left China, that piece of software that we developed was rendered useless, essentially. Mm. So that's what we did. We took learnings, all the findings and the workflows, and we turned it into a software that our businesses can use. And that's how TrackMage was born. 
and sort of uh, that's how it's still developed because we are still learning from the customers and we are still finding out about different uh, things that we want to automate and we are always incorporating the feedback into the software. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, so you've had experience obviously of growing a company, scaling a business. And so that's going to be our topic of discussion for today. And it's super important, you know, for our our listeners to even understand how to do that for their own companies. Uh, But I'd first love for you to just give a definition of what is the difference between growth of a business and scaling a company? And why is it important to understand that difference? That's one of of my favorite topic. I even uh, had made an infographic like way back when, when I was just focusing on my consulting. So uh, imagine there is a baby, like your business is a baby. And then if a baby grows, just matures and becomes like a beautiful man or woman. But let's say you are just focusing on growth, but not scale. Because scaling also means kind of reformatting your business, creating different departments, making sure that everything is optimal and it's still serving the purpose. That's how scaling looks when like the baby turns into a grown-up adult. But if you, we just talk about like mindless growth, it's like, imagine the same baby just scaling in size. It's like, like in that movie, honey, I blew up the kids. <laughs> so that's exactly, yes. Uh, that's exactly what is happening with your business when you're just focusing on growth without scale. So you just, no, you, do, you don't develop the systems. You don't develop the processes. You just hire more people. And then you have more people that are still doing the same thing and it's just not scale. It's a bigger baby that you are still in the center of this whole madness and you are still trying to coordinate, but just more people. Mm-hmm. So that's what the, the business without scale looks, where you mm-hmm. are as, as an owner, you are constantly firefighting, going from one emergency to another one. And you are just constantly trying to understand like why you are so burned out and overwhelmed and like <laughs> what is going right. on. Mm-hmm. Like I've heard the description basically as growth, maybe yes, your revenue is increasing. And so, yes, you have to hire more staff and, and things like that too. So in the long run, you might even be less profitable, right? You might be growing, but in overall, you know, the, the bottom line numbers, it doesn't look as great where scaling is really helping your business become more efficient. So yes, the revenue is increasing. Sometimes you may even have just the same number of staff, but you have a better way of running your systems. And so kind of that was the difference from what I understand from conversations I've had as well. Yeah, precisely that. Just with this visual metaphor, I was probably trying to communicate the point in more visual mm-hmm. way. Because yeah, definitely if uh, like the baby just becomes bigger, the problems become also bigger. Mm-hmm. And right. then you need to restructure and you need to invest in some systems or just you need to sit sit back, relax and rethink what is going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's always beneficial if you just take a break and go somewhere and look at your business from the side. That's mm-hmm. what we did in China when like everything was overwhelming. We traveled to Hong Kong for a couple of days and like that always was very insightful because it's just mm-hmm. like provided a new perspective. So at what point, so someone is doing their business and they see, you know, yes, we are starting to grow. We've got more revenue coming in. And, you know, I do know that I want to scale more than just grow. So what are the things that they should be doing to analyze, like, what do I need to change in my business 
to make this more efficient, you know, or what type of systems do I need to put in place? Like, what are the recommendations that you could give someone so that they don't just grow and have this unwieldy baby, right? But they actually have a business that they can run efficiently. I would propose for a business that is uh, growing without scaling to first look at their entire process. So they should just sit in front of a whiteboard or like have a meeting and map the entire thing that is happening because that's where everything starts to make sense. So to optimize the process or to make it more efficient and to understand what kind of uh, function might be missing from the business. You need to see like what is happening from the very first time your customer contacts your business to the very last time they ever pay you and like they like cancel the contract or finish uh, the engagement. So you need to understand what is happening on every step of the way. And once you map it out and you look at it, it becomes evident that some of the parts of this process are ambiguous. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, where is Jane? She knows how to assign the sales, rep- like how to assign the fulfillment representative for this account. And then if Jane leaves, what are you left with? Like, mm-hmm. do you know how to assign those fulfillment representatives or not? And that's the problem with many businesses where they don't look at the process and they don't even understand how their business is operating. They're just relying on the key people. And if those key people leave, they're left with no business. Mm -hmm. Right. So obviously they need to be writing out their processes, right? Having SOPs, standard operating procedures. So if somebody is currently operating a business where they don't have everything written out and they're thinking, okay, I need to go ahead and start writing this, but that is a lot of work, right? To put every single task that you have, especially if you have multiple people. So would you recommend that they start with like the main employee who's doing that and have them write out their own process? Do you recommend maybe the owner who kind of knows what the process should be (laughs) getting involved? Like, what do you recommend in terms of even documenting everything that the business needs to put into writing so everyone knows what needs to be done. So I've been executing some Lean Six Sigma optimizations in various businesses, and I know how painful this process gets if a business owner just doesn't like to write. So there are certain types of people who, like, you could give them, like, any type of task, even just walking mm-hmm. on, like, hot coals, but they will not write. Like, just, like, mm-hmm. don't ask. So in that case, there are various ways how you can do this. You can just, uh, I don't know, like jump on a call with your team and teach them how to do something and record Mm -hmm. it on video. And then somebody else who likes writing, they will just document what you just did. You could record your audio and then give it to a virtual assistant and the virtual assistant is going to turn it into some kind of SOP. You could like task somebody from the team to follow you around and then just document what has been happening because it just depends on the kind of personality that you are dealing with. And mm-hmm. let's be honest, a lot of founders, a lot of CEOs, they are completely overwhelmed. They don't know what is wrong or right from what we are doing, but it's very obvious if you look at them from the side or like from mm-hmm. outside of their workday. So it's basically this. Or it could be like if the CEO or the founder is self-disciplined enough, they can just start writing down what they've been doing. And they will see that certain activities, they fall into the category that they are non-CO activities. Let's Mm -hmm. say they were arguing with customer support about certain shipment being late uh, for uh, 30 minutes. Is that, could it be delegated to somebody else? Well, obviously it can be. 
But then again, should it even exist? Like that problem might be uh, just a symptom of some other problem that shouldn't exist either. So you could just, if you ask enough questions about like why this happened, why this happened, why this happened, you will see some structural changes that need to be introduced. Because again, uh, if you're if the CEO is arguing with carrier company about a late shipment, probably they are lacking the logistics department or the customer mm-hmm. support department or something that is going to just lift that burden from the CEO. And they are going to focus on some things that uh, are truly important, like growing the business or scaling the business in that case. Mm-hmm. So is there a time that you can recommend you know, to the listeners when it's ideal to actually bring in maybe like an outside consultant to come in and analyze the processes versus just having the internal staff starting to document what they have and put that into a procedure? Well, I would say that it's much easier to start with what you have. So you could start documenting what you're doing. But then if you run into some problems or like you see that the growth of a business or like it just plateaus, like you cannot take on more customers. They just keep churning. You cannot just like break through this ceiling. That's when you might benefit from engaging a consulting firm or some individual consultant who is going to come in, analyze what's going on and point out the obvious to the consultant flaws in your process. Something like a bottleneck, that proverbial Jane that knows how to assign fulfillment representatives. So if the the Jane was a process, it would be some kind of a whiteboard or some kind of Kanban where everyone uh, will be able to see what kind of customers are coming in. And then they will be able to just self-assign to, okay, I'm going to work on this customer. I'm going to work on that customer and that's it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I know too, a lot of times, like I said, people get excited, like, oh, we're like growing like mad. People found out about us and we've just got so many people, you know, coming and calling and wanting our products and services. But I know sometimes that can actually be a negative because they aren't prepared, you know, for what is to come, right? They don't have the staffing or they don't have, you know, the equipment capabilities or whatever. So are there some tips that you can give to help businesses like really analyze what they need to have in place prior to this growth? If they really are trying to put into place, like I'm going to start marketing. I want to bring in more people too. Like what are the things maybe that they need to make sure for sure you have this in place before you really start to grow? It's a very controversial topic in terms of how can you guarantee that you're going to grow? Sometimes like there is this pitfall of creating the scalable setup when you don't really need it. So I would still recommend like when you start suffering, when you start seeing that there are too many people that you cannot serve anymore, that's when you will have to implement some of the changes. It's usually happening during the holiday season where like all the sales are going up and like you have so many orders that you cannot process. And then later uh, in that quiet time after the holiday season, that's when you can implement the changes. That's when Mm -hmm. you can uh, hold those post-mortems and other different meetings to analyze what has been happening. And do you need to hire more people or you need to be prepared? So it's just much wiser to increase the capacity when you really need it, then to increase it pre- preemptively, and then you will not need it, but you will incur the cost. So mm-hmm. that's just one part of the problem. 
And what you've been describing actually happened to one of our customers. There was this YouTube channel, you, uh, like on YouTube, there is various ways of monetizing the content, but one of them is selling merchandise. And Metal Family, they launched their own comic book to their entire fandom of 3 million people. So what they were anticipating is that they're going to sell those 10,000 comic books that they printed in maybe two months. That's mm -hmm. what their projection was. It was uh, sold, the entire thing was sold in less than a week. Mm -hmm. So they had to process, like, they were not prepared. We had to process uh, 400 orders per day and just, like, counting. And their entire infrastructure wasn't optimized for sending that much, that many packages. So they had to struggle with the post services and then up, like they had to answer all the questions from the customers. And the problem with the customers was that sometimes they were providing incorrect uh, shipping details or their email was incorrect. And that's why it was very hard for the customer, like the customer, the non-existent customer support, because they were <laughs> doing all the support themselves. But it was very hard for them to find those like people who misspelled their email and then send them the right information about their order. And also the postal services were not helping as well. They were sending the packages, but they were providing the tracking numbers sometimes even after the package was already delivered to the destination. So it was very, very hard for them to sort out that mess. So then they introduced TrackMage. And uh, so the first thing we introduced was this optimization at the checkout uh, where all the details are checked. And uh, if the email is misspelled, the customer is notified about that. So the customer can just enter the correct email. So after that, like those packages that were not collected, TrackMage sends emails for those customers and uh, they understand that, okay, I need to go to the postal office and just collect the packet. And mm -hmm. the pending packages at the point when we uh, started engaging with Metal Family, the, like the rolling average was around thousands of packages. Like people mm -hmm. literally were not receiving notifications from the postal services. But after that, the rolling average is 45. Like we completely eliminated the problem. Mm -hmm. And then since everyone was receiving their packages, we also introduced the sequence that asked them for leaving a review. And from 10,000 orders, we collected 2,150 reviews, mm -hmm. which nice. is 20%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. Well, and I know too, when you were telling the story too about, you know, the social media and they really got a lot. I mean, obviously if somebody is lucky enough to have something go viral, right. And people are like, oh, wow, I really want your stuff. They're, they're going to get a lot of influx of customers. But I know someone who said once, like they emailed their entire list about a special, you know, that they had that it was time-based, right? It was going to take them work to have to do. It was a service, not knowing how many people were actually going to respond. And it was overwhelming for them. So it's, I think I learned from that lesson too, for hearing that story is if you have something and you know, you're going to have a capacity issue, maybe only introduce that to a certain segment of your list at first. Right. And then be able to see how many people are responding and take care of that. And then maybe, you know, do it's out over a period of time, right. Instead of trying to do it, here's my information one time. Right. So what would you say to someone maybe who is potentially going to have a capacity issue with something like that too? Like, how would you help them manage how to actually promote their product or service and not be completely overwhelmed, but still get the sales that they're hoping for? That's a very good problem to have. 
then you are at capacity. So there are more people that want your product or your service than you can serve. So uh, the first route would be to start increasing the price because like the more the service is in demand, like the higher should be the price. And then you will see this like this threshold where your services are going to be that expensive that you will no longer receive that like crazy amount of people signing up. So you just like reduce the percentage. Another way would be to probably outsource it to a similar service. So you could definitely just resell those customers to your not necessarily competitors in this case, because they could be your like white label suppliers even. Mm. So in that case, you just get the entire thing outsourced to a very similar service as yours. And then like the third route, but that's the most costly and the most labor intensive is to grow your team and just structure the team and optimize the departments and just like see how structurally you can process that many orders when you are going to incur that many orders again, or even automate, even just productize that offering. So instead of just you doing this, you could employ some AI that is going to do that for you. So again, it depends on the kind of product or a service that you are offering and what you want to do with it. Like, do you want to make it an exclusive product for celebrities or do you want to make it like mass product that is mass produced, but the quality and everything is standard. Mm -hmm. So it's just depending on which direction the business is going and where do you want to, like, where do you want to ultimately get with it? Mm-hmm. Well, and you mentioned automation, right? Whether, of course, AI is the newest thing. Everyone's talking about that too. But even if it's just something that's helping you with your emails, instead of you having to, you know, send out manually an email saying this is shipped or, you know, this is done. If you have something that could actually, once something is completed, it actually sends it out for you and figuring out that technology. And that, I think that's what could be overwhelming for businesses sometimes too, is there's so much technology out there how do you know what is even right for you and your business? That's a very interesting question because the thing is, I think there was this MarTech 7,000 in 2020, but now it's MarTech 40,000. So Mm -hmm. we have over 40,000 different softwares and software as a service, other Chrome extensions and whatever. We have a lot of tools on the market that are competing and they're essentially solving the same problems. I would argue that uh, the most competitive part of the MarTech industry is like autoresponders. You're sending emails. That's almost a commodity by now. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, every time you're picking a software, you need to evaluate the criteria. Like, Like, is it right for your business? Does it have the integrations? Does it play well with other software pieces? Does it even fit your internal company workflow? Is it customizable maybe? Because sometimes it's not possible to find the tool that is going to fit your needs. But when you hire some automation specialist and uh, they configure it and it fits your needs. That happens a lot with CRM systems or some other automated tools that customization like project management systems. That's when you could benefit from a consultant or somebody who just configured it for uh, a similar use case. Mm -hmm. So again, like I have seen some software called Polio, which is very popular among real estate agents, just because that's one of the workflows that is really well automated with Polio. But then again, Polio is much more robust than than that. Like you can just configure it for anything. Uh, So Mm -hmm. is TrackMage. So with TrackMage, you can customize all the statuses, like how you process orders, like is it like what kind of uh, workflow you have? Like, do you just have shipments? 
do you have shipments and orders? Do you have like orders with multiple shipments in them? Like everything mm-hmm. is supported, like all those edge cases and different mm-hmm. various situations where you might need automation. Right. So ideally you have the chance to kind of look at the features and figure out which is the best, you know, for your business. So I know it could be overwhelming. There's so much that goes into this topic and I know we're running short on time. So I do want to ask if you have an offer that you would like to share with our listeners and how can they connect with you if they want to find out more? Well, I would love to offer them a free ebook that we have about how do you get five to 10% extra sales from Mm -hmm. existing customers without spending more on ads or hiring more staff. Mm -hmm. So you could get this ebook at trackmage.com slash flywheel dash extra dash sales. And there you will find uh, like five steps process that can get you extra sales from existing customers. Nice. So that's going to be helpful. Any other way you would like them to be able to reach out to you other than that link? Well, you could definitely visit our social media. So at TrackMage on most platforms is going to let you find our accounts. And uh, we do post a lot of tips and tricks for increasing sales, uh, reducing customer churn, like increasing the customer retention, cutting customer support costs, and all kinds of interesting topics that might be helpful in in the commerce business. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Rina, for being a guest on my show, sharing your wisdom on this topic. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Kenzie, for having me here. Mm -hmm. And also to the listener, thank you for tuning in. I hope you found this discussion interesting and that you enjoyed our discussion on strategies to help you grow and scale your business. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Irina at the information that she shared with you or send me a message at media at abandp.com. I hope you can join me for my next interview. And remember, you can connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is abandp.com. You can find my show, Biz Help For You, posted on several favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And would you please share my show with those you know and leave a review on your favorite platform. I'd really appreciate your support. Until next time, have a great day. Thank you for listening to Biz Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next time. Have a terrific day.